So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection, with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock, bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and over here to my left, I have Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm fantastic, Rick. How are you doing? Good. I'm working on that opening. I'm I'm going to get that down one of these days. <laughs> opening, working, what? I don't understand. I have to be like, you know, okay, on, welcome to this. And I always look up at the clock on the wall because it tells me what day of the week it is. Even though I know. And I know I know what day, but I always look. So it's like this Thursday because I have to look up and find the clock. <laughs> it's just silly, but, you know, wow. creatures old habit. habit. Yeah, yeah, old habits die hard, eh? Yeah, I mute the mute the mic and cough during the opening song, I guess. So I, I'm coughing in advance or I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I may get that from do. I may get that from my mother. She would drop something and scream ouch. And I remember couple times running in the kitchen to see what was up and she was like oh no i'm fine and I finally was old enough that she explained to me that you know when she dropped something like the brass ashtray she would say out just in case it hit her really yeah and i thought it would be best to go ahead and try to dance out of the way as opposed to be shouting but eh. your mother sounds more and more like just a fascinating creature the more you talk about her the more i wish i could meet her (laughs) yeah we're gonna have to get somebody that can bring her in sometime yeah she was she was a lot of fun you've got some wild stories about her so what has your week been like bud well i mean week your whole day since i've seen you last or talked to you last i guess it's been like a whole 24 ish hours yeah some of the you know long time no talking this for those of you that don't know jean's on vacation from the Everyday Connection Productions, except for showing up to do the show. And, and and frankly, I think this is the way that she would like to do it all along, is just show up twice a week and say, hello, who are we talking to? I'm actually, you know what, I I enjoy the 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 getting um, down to my computer first thing in the morning and, and writing the reflections. And, of course, I enjoy the movie-making process. But it's spring, and with spring comes the need to spring clean. Um, and it just feels right to be doing that right now. So I'm really – I'm taking a holiday from, from our movie-making work, but I'm really not taking a break because I've been nope. scrubbing walls for – Well, it's <laughs> – I don't know how it is in Canada, but it's a fine American tradition that you, towards the end of the vacation, you start saying, man, I wish I could go back to work so I could get some rest. But It feels really good to be doing it, actually. I'm not I'm not going to lie. I'm really enjoying just being in that. Yeah, the, the times we do talk, it's, I, I get to hear about what the latest thing that got scrubbed was and how good it looks and how good <laughs> it feels. And, and yeah. uh, so I'm... 
I'm having as much fun as she is, I think. Well, I think cause when you clean house on a soul level, you have to do it on a physical level as well. You know, oh, yeah. I think that it, a large part of it is it's that sense of gratitude for the fact that I actually have a house to clean. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I have stuff to clean. That's really right. cool. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there who, who don't have a home to do spring cleaning in. So, and that's, you know, it, it's it's relaxing. It's a total change of pace. It's very relaxing. It's good stuff. It is. Absolutely. We have other good stuff, too. We have a new sponsor this week. We have a new sponsor this week. We have a new sponsor this week. So why don't we talk about our new sponsor this week, and then we'll try to remember at break time to talk about our everybody sponsors. Absolutely. For our regular listeners, actually, you would know her. Um, it's Mama Webb. And um, how to describe Mama Webb? You know what? How do you that describe of, Mama Webb? Okay, Mama Webb and what she does, that sense of feeling lost when you're on that journey and you don't really know where your family is and Everything that you see doesn't make sense anymore. Society kind of doesn't make sense. Even some of the things that your family is doing doesn't make sense. And and you feel really lost. Mama Webb runs a place. um, It it started with a place called Spiritual Orphans. um, And now she's graduated to a Facebook. And and she does counseling. And um, you know what? Just go to mamaweb.com and and check this woman out. She's, She's just a wealth of wisdom. And she's so down to earth, so easy to talk to. I, I mean, if you're if you're lost and you're looking for looking for that that you're feeling like a spiritual orphan and you're looking for a mom. <laughs> no, really, really. I, I'm I'm giggling, but it's so true. So you know, it's wow, mamaweb.com, and it's it's spelled M O M M A W E B B. Yes, two B. Got to get that B B in there. Um, and uh, it's quite interesting because she works with the spinner of tales, the spinner of lives, uh, the grandmother spider, and her last name happens to be Webb. She didn't yeah. make that up. And, and, not, she's, and she didn't make up the mama part either. She has a tiny human. She does have an incredibly gifted, um, insanely gifted tiny human. And I... I, I she, I can't say enough good things about her, really. She's just an incredible energy to swim in. Um, she she doesn't do the guru thing. She doesn't do the stand-on-ceremony thing. She's very blunt. She's very honest. Um, and and she, she doesn't want to give you answers. She wants to help you seek out a way to find your own, and that's, you know, we love people like that, so... Definitely. But she'll she'll hold your hand and talk with you and try to try her best to help you through it. But, absolutely, but, absolutely. But we all know we all have to do it, you know. So got to do it yourself. She won't, she won't fib to you up front. She won't fib to you much at all, really. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I think that's one of the reasons it's it's handy and useful. It's good because she won't. She won't. Yeah, no, she's she's definitely one of the most honest people um, I've ever very met. Very filled with compassion, but she'll. You know, yes. if you're off in the weeds, she'll tell you, hey, cut it oh, out. Oh, <laughs> why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. she's, don't, that's not good. <laughs> brilliant. She's pulled me out of the weeds a couple times. So it's she's she's a good one to go to. And uh, another good one to go to, I imagine, would be our guest tonight. Yes, yes. Who has uh, been through his own unique experiences, over 25 years of them, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> Sal Rochelle. All the way back to the 80s, Sal Rochelle. Mm-hmm. How are you, Sal? 
I am doing great. Uh, and actually goes back to the 70s. Wow. All right. Yeah, I got started in the mid-70s uh, with the Silva Method and meditation and a bunch of other things. I got gotcha. you. So you were just kicking off right about the time I was born then. Well, I suppose so. Eighties, awesome. mine more or less. I, I found the opening to channel and Silva method and all that, and and it scared the living daylights out of me because it worked. And so, you know, <laughs> I tried to. I said this channeling thing. Okay, so we'll do this exercise. And ah, they're talking to me. Stop it. <laughs> and I'm sure that my guides were like, "But you're reading the book. You're doing the exercise. What?" <clears throat> Ask well, and it was shall a receive. nice beginning, a nice opening. <laughs> so, Sal, we're going to get right down to uh, Brass Talks and ask you our one base question that we ask everybody. Who the hell are you and what do you do? Well, that's a pretty pretty simple one. Uh, there's a short, a long, and a longer version of that question. Uh, uh, I'm absolutely fantastic from a spiritual perspective. From a human perspective, like all of us, I have my... My good days and my my better days and my not better days. Uh, you know, it's uh, the hu- the human journey is uh, a very interesting one, and uh, and so I'm uh, basically just going to go with the flow and see where we want to explore tonight. Uh, one thing that I think uh, would be a good is to uh, maybe. I'll I'll pose my own question and see if it's in alignment with your basic uh, questions, and that is, how do we balance our human and divine selves? That would be a good question. Does that that sound like a good question? That's an awesome, fantastic question. We talk about that one all the time, actually. Well, I'd I'd, I'd like to maybe explore that a little bit, and then I know there's there's people who want to hear about earth changes, since that's one of my primary... uh, areas that I uh, specialize in, and uh, so we'll talk about the role of free will, how free will interacts with predestiny, and and predestiny is kind of a, it's a difficult word to define properly. Uh, It doesn't mean that things are locked in stone and that it's going to be this way no matter what. Uh, I think people misunderstand uh, predestiny. I, I like to think of it as our our divine will within us, you know, what why we came to this planet, you know, what our purpose is here. And it's it's kind of like the frame. If you think of free will as the picture, uh predestiny is kind of the frame that the picture sits in. And uh, you know, we we get certain tools given to us when we come into physical bodies on planet Earth which are could be likened to the easel, the canvas, the paints. And then uh, free will gives us the ability to basically paint what we want to within the confines of the mediums, which are the, the paints, and the canvas, and the easel, and the room that the painting is taking place in, and things like that. So uh, you could say it's a lot like the theater and the projector. You know, those come with the theater, but then... Uh, you know, you can put whatever you want up on the stage <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so that might be an area to explore tonight as well. So did you have any any specific questions you wanted to, to put by me before we kind of launch in? I'm curious how you got started. I mean, that's I would like to hear a little bit of, of Sal's story. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. Start okay. telling our story. 
let's do that. Um, I did mention that I started in the 70s with the Silva Method and various forms of meditation. I never took EST, but I took a lot of similar related programs. I was in Silicon Valley in California during the 70s working as a computer technician. But every practically every night of the week, I'd go to some metaphysical or spiritual group. Uh, and I... Particular one, one in particular uh, was involved in channeling, and they were working with what they called a group of extraterrestrials. Now, I was always open-minded, and I was interested in parapsychology and psychic and phenomenon and things like that. And I um, was always a science fiction fan as well. And so I went to this group, and it felt a lot like science fiction. And I thought, well, okay, this is interesting. I don't know what to make of this. Um, but then I went home to my uh, apartment in San Jose, California, and I was sitting there one evening, and it was as though somebody had opened the top of my head and just downloaded, poured all this information at the top of my head. All of a sudden, I had all this knowledge. You know, I just knew certain things. There was no question about them. And I kind of put two and two together and realized that, yes, the ETs were real, that the Earth had been involved in various things over millennia regarding ETs, and and I, they started showing me the future, or various probable futures, I guess we'll call them, and essentially that got me started on my spiritual path, and I got involved in rebirthing and yoga and meditation and many other disciplines, uh, moved out of Silicon Valley, lived in a spiritual community in Santa Cruz for a couple of years, then I moved up into the mountains and hung out with some spiritual teachers up there, and uh traveled around a lot, uh, trying out different different methods and practices. And I was raised a classical pianist, so I started recording meditative piano music and uh, teaching um, what I called alpha-theta programming, how to go into the alpha and theta brainwave states, which uh, I learned in Silva. I kind of modified it and put my own uh, spin on it, you might say. And then became a rebirther and started rebirthing people. And uh, in the 80s, I did a lot of rebirthing and I, I read the tarot cards and uh, did various types of psychic readings. And then late in the 80s, when I was in Sedona, Arizona, my uh, spirit guide Leah came to me, reminded me who she was, and I started my channeling. <laughs> However, I waited like almost 13 years after Leah first came to me before I started channeling publicly because I was kind of down on channeling. I had read a lot of conflicting information and uh, some out-and-out, off-the-wall, you know, truly crazy stuff that didn't make any sense to me and decided that, you know, that wasn't for me. And when I started communicating with spirit guides, first it was Leah and then a group called the Arcturians and then uh, later it was a group called the Founders, and then Lord Sananda and Isis and a few archangels uh, came in at different times announcing themselves and wanting to work with me. Um, I decided finally in 2002 that I had, a, had done enough work on my ego that I wasn't likely to seriously distort the messages that were coming through. And, and I actually have another way of describing that. My own higher self is at a similar place to where my spirit guide Leah is. And uh, and so I, I didn't have to go very far in order to access Leah, my, my twin flame in the higher dimensions. 
basically because my higher self and Leah were so close together, I could just go from one to the other very easily and effortlessly. And my higher self had basically the same knowledge that Leah did. So that I, there wasn't this need to filter it down through many layers of ego and then hope that it makes sense and things like that. So uh, essentially, um, I've been working with Leah since 2002, the Arcturians since 2004, and then I've, I started working with the founders around the same time, and we've co-authored two of my three books, um, Earth Changes in 2012 and The Earth Awakens Prophecy 2012 to 2030, were a collaboration between my own higher self and the spirit guides I call the founders. And then I also work with Lord Sananda, and he brought through a mystery school, uh, which is a online correspondence course uh, in spiritual development. And then I've done a little bit of work with Isis and Archangel Michael and a few others. But but my primary work is with uh, Leah, the Arcturians, and the founders uh, with with the uh, mystery school with Lord Sananda. So that's uh, the short version. <laughs> He hasn't been much up to much, eh, Rick? Ah, yeah, not much. No, nah, not much. I mean, I, I admitted a few things like sacred theater, sacred circle dance, uh, the music, which I have some CDs and things like that of, of original piano music and synthesizer and stuff like that. Those are all little footnotes. Reiki Master, that's a, a tiny little footnote. <laughs> makes, it makes me, a little, uh, makes me a little bit jealous because... Uh, there's a whole lot of that stuff that I'd like to give a try, and I just, you know, I haven't had the 40 years. Or, you know, had I taken off in the, it was about 1985 or six, I guess, yeah. when I had my first experience. And, but, you know, I, I. Well, I have some good news for you. I needed um, all of the stuff in between to be who I am today. So. Yeah, and I've got some good news for you now. Um, every generation gets it quicker than the previous one. The, the, the people who came before me, you know, they were the 20 or 30 years in the ashram following a guru and blazing a path so that people like me could get it much quicker. And then, of course, I blaze a path so the people after me can get it more quickly than I did. <laughs> so I have clients that have only been on the path for a few years that have already about where I was 20 years down the down the road. Right, right. He, he calls it good news. I call it seriously way too intense. Because <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I got a crash course. Um, yeah, I'll, well, I'll have, I probably a, liter, a few literal crashes in there, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got yeah, an intense three-year crash, actually. boom, course. Um, her, her, here her, you go. <laughs> her third book's called Crashing Back to Earth, and yeah. there, was uh -huh. a, there was a big crash. Well, I think I parachuted back to Earth after some of my early meditations with the angels. They said, um, I said, oh, this is such an incredibly beautiful place, and they said, it's beautiful, but you've got work to do back on Earth, so... <laughs> oh man, that sounds familiar. That's what happened to me after the writing of my second book. My second book was like a three month out of the body experience. I still went uh -huh. to work, apparently. <laughs> Although I don't uh -huh. remember what of what much went on, but um yeah, it was it was really really intense. Occasionally had to have people bring you food so you Yeah, to people eat. would have to I would forget to eat. I there was you know, it was I never got to weirdness. that point. <laughs> it it was it was Insane weirdness, but then then I got the same thing. Like you, you have to get back into that world because that's where you're living. That's what you're doing. You you know mm -hmm. you came here to be a human and have a human experience. Well, <laughs> so crashing back to Earth happened, and um, wow. <laughs> well, I was a, a California seminar junkie in the 70s and the 80s, and then I when I once I started my own work, I. 
I, all my focus was on how to help others. And uh, yes, it's more difficult uh, to. Uh, I mean, service work is the most rewarding thing there is. It's the fastest spiritual path, in my opinion. But it's also the most difficult because, you know, you don't get a lot of time to just. You know, do your own thing. You know, I I I marvel when I get to just go to something and just be a participant rather than a teacher, because it's my time to just absorb new material, new information, uh, and I don't do that as much as I used to because um, you know I've got four or five different arms to my work. You know, <laughs> yeah, hard to have one left over for just some pleasure stuff. I I I do that with other. Uh, yeah, and I do take and some channel. time. Yeah. I mean, I I make sure I get two or three nature every day, walking and things like that. Um, and the and the dancing and music is more pleasure than work to me. So, absolutely. Well, you got to have a little balance. It's you know, absolutely. And I was just say, and that's how you segue into a very smooth transition into talking about how to do the blending of the the mind, the body, and the spirit. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> and and also I'm going to segue into the situation in the world because uh, it's all related. And I've known people who that I call airy-fairy space cadets who are all nonlinear, right brain, uh, just living totally in the moment, uh, whatever type of attitude. And then I've known people on the opposite end of the pole that are so pragmatic and grounded that they can't detach from their earthly life long enough to remember the big picture. And so somewhere between the down-to-earth pragmatists who... Uh, everything is about the linear world and goal planning and setting and and achieving this and achieving that. And the other extreme, which is meditating on the navel 20 hours a day and uh, everything is God, everything is oneness. Somewhere between those two extremes is the optimal place for most of us as souls on planet Earth. And it's up to us to find that balance point. And usually our physical body is a wonderful barometer that tells us when we're in balance and when we're not. Uh, Either we get sick or we don't feel right or we have low energy or too much energy or something goes on physically and emotionally usually that tells us that we're out of balance. And so sometimes that's the barometer that kind of pushes us to either get more grounded or to detach more from the world depending on which side we're were unbalanced on. And so that this has been my observation in recent years especially. Um, that's one of the observations that I wanted to make, and we'll talk more about that. The other one is related, and it's the idea of going beyond the head-heart duality. You know, the idea that you've got to be more in your heart, or you've got to be more in your head, or you've got to balance your head with your heart. And in favor of the idea of pure energy, that our existence on this planet is about emanating energy, receive, give, transmitting and receiving energy, emanating energy from the center of our being outward into the world, uh, receiving it from the Godhead, which is within us, and then radiating it out, if you want to think of it that way, uh, giving and receiving the energy with other human beings. Uh, and so if we get to a place where we move into pure energy rather than the mental labels, the mental ideas and concepts, or even the heart, the idea of the heart, the love and compassion of the heart, which is certainly part of it, but it's it's sort of even beyond that. It's more just this pure transmission of consciousness, this pure immersion in consciousness, you might say, 
which includes the nitty-gritty details of the third-density earth, uh, you know, paying the bills, uh, you know, running a business, relating uh, to people. Uh, all of the things that make up our third-density world are part and parcel of that. Oh, I can jump with that. Be well, good. we we were all we're all kind of in in I'd say we're in toddler training perhaps uh, when it comes to our human selves. Our human selves, their their very nature, they're not perfect according to the definition of perfection that many of us have, and so we need to have loving acceptance for our imperfect human little selves, the bumbly, stumbly. Uh, foible-ridden little human selves that we just laugh and, and amuse ourselves at some of the, the silly little things we do in our human self, our ego self, uh, rather than trying to beat it into submission, make it wrong and say, God, I thought I was a spiritual person. How come I got angry or how come I got hurt or whatever it is, you know, uh, which is a, that's a stuck place. And I think a lot of us have been there. We We've maybe meditated for 10 or 20 years, we've done our spiritual work, maybe had X number of gurus or whatever, and we think, okay, I've arrived, I'm enlightened now, and so I'm I'm perfect now, I, I'm not going to get angry, I'm not going to go into fear, I'm going to do everything perfectly, and that's when we realize that that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be none of that. You know, it's just as far out of balance is constantly making excuses for ourselves and getting attached to our human self and believing that we're helpless, powerless pawns in the chess game of life. And, and you know, that's the other extreme, and that doesn't work either, obviously. <laughs> you know, that's materialism, right. you know, getting getting attached to material things, you know, having our whole happiness depend on whether so-and-so loves us. You know, um, obviously that doesn't work any more than believing that we, we we have to be perfect every moment. We can't make a mistake. You know, we can't show our vulnerable human side, you know. <laughs> well, and that, that, is a, that is a tough one, especially for, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, light workers. Uh, but I, th- I find even just folks that, you know, I talk to that, that uh, are, are seeking advice and stuff, it's, you know, I, 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 I shouldn't be getting this angry and, and, Yes, and I'm like, well, yeah, well, okay, but you did, um, and because that's about all I can get across to him sometimes is, well, but you did. So what are you gonna do with that? Uh, because it can be, I, I went through some of that, you know. I yeah. why am I? I could I'm on the path. I'm doing what, and um, so we have to wear out those stereotypes, I guess, that we have. Right, and I like to put it into perspective, too, that, that we have a little human self that's like a bubble contained within a much larger self, our spiritual self. And, you know, would you, would you cut off your hand if it does something wrong? No, of course not. So why would you want to kill your ego when it doesn't understand the bigger picture and tries to take over? And, you know, it makes a lousy master, but it makes a wonderful servant. You know, you've heard that expression. and. And so we need to love and accept our egos. We need to teach them how to behave properly. <laughs> there, it's, I, I, I equate the ego to an unruly puppy that hasn't been house trained. That, that's the, the analogy I like to use for our human egos. And you don't kill the puppy if it has an accident on the carpet, but you have to train it with tough love. You be loving and accepting, but set clear and firm boundaries and reinforcement. And you know, basically, you have to communicate 
clearly what's acceptable and unacceptable. And this, you have, we have to do the same thing with our egos. Uh, otherwise, they will try to take over. And we've all seen what the world looks like when egos try to take over. <laughs> well, and when you try to swamp them out, too, or I'm going to destroy my ego or I'm going to delete my ego, that that can be just as disastrous. Cause Absolutely. You know, making anything wrong is is what creates darkness, if you want to think of it that way. Now, I'm using the phrase darkness maybe in a in a narrow definition here. Um, but basically, the cause of misery and suffering is making someone or something wrong. Uh, that That's an oversimplification, but it's a very true statement. And so when we make ourselves wrong, when we judge ourselves, uh, when we criticize ourselves, when we indulge in negative self-talk, that's when we're stuck. That's when we need healing. And a lot of times uh, we get so embroiled and enmeshed in, in our negativity that we do need a therapist or healer or something, you know, a meditation, a practice, something to help us out of that space. And, and that's where people like me come in, you know. It's always good to have a friend. And yes. that's why I like the way that you're presenting what you do because, you know, I mean, never been very fond of gurus. <laughs> Maybe Understandably because I've got a bit so. of an attitude problem. <laughs> we, we make fun um, of gurus here. We make fun of gurus. Um, but it's it's good to have a friend. And I find, you know, yes, we do the radio show. And yes, we talk to lots of people. And yes, I've written three books and blah, 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 blah. But that doesn't mean that I don't have my, my fall down days. And mm-hmm. I find that I'm really blessed to be able to reach out to the people that I work with that do the same kind of work that you do so that they can remind me of the same stuff that, I would tell them. Absolutely. It's a wonderful, amazing relationship to have. So there's a lot of give and take. And the more people that are are aware of these understandings and who have opened up this kind of conversation with themselves and who have experienced this kind of growth, then the more friends we have to be able to lean on when we have those yes. those moments. Yeah. You mean and, you, mean you the, don't try to just... Just handle it spiritually because, you know, you're on the path now. You ought to be able to think your way out of this or spirit your way out of this. Well, you know, and and that brings up another (laughs) important point, which is what I started to talk about earlier about pure energy. Um, When we are present, and I mean really present with another person, uh, energetically, not just mentally and not even just heart-wise, but at a deeper level, when we're fully present with someone, healing occurs uh, you know I, i'm a, a therapist among other things and i've i've said for years that 90 percent of therapy is listening and being present 10 percent is tools and techniques you know various pearls of wisdom that you throw out at the right time and all that that's 10 percent of it 90 percent of it is just being present and listening and receiving another person and that's I, not easy for us to do in our world <laughs> absolutely it's very difficult and I mean, as far as as far as doing things energetically or spiritually, I'm of the mind that every single human being out there is a manifestation of spirit. So if it's another person who's helping me, then that's spirit helping me directly. That's Why correct. does it matter yeah. how that help comes? It should never matter how the help comes as long as the help comes. <laughs> right. It reminds me of that saying about the rowboat and the helicopter and, you know, the guy's drowning right. and he's up on the roof of his house. I think everybody knows that. I don't have to tell it. But, uh, you know, we don't know the, how the help's going to come sometimes. <laughs> That's right. And and uh, and we don't want to be the one left sitting on the roof when the water gets up there either. Right. 
Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Now it's and, oh my goodness! It's already eight thirty. Time already for break time, break. and I've and got I have I two callers: one who has been patient for almost eighteen minutes, and one that just called in. And we have questions in the chat room. We're just off and running. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we take a, a quick night. break, and then when we get back, we'll take those callers. Okay, I'm going to be away from the phone for just a few few seconds here. No problem. Not a problem. Okay, so should we, should we have some Jordan? Sure, we can do some Jordan. We'll do some Jordan because, um, well, what when you don't know? Sometimes you, you just know. sometimes you just don't know. Yeah. But it's okay. Mm-hmm. So this is our buddy Jordan. We'll be back in about uh, three and a half minutes. Stay with us. We'll be taking questions.
there we go. Sometimes when it's time to come back from a song, you push the button to make the mic go live, and it just has a little circle going, circle, circle. I hate that. <laughs> Technology's awesome. Yes, technology's awesome. It really is. Well, and this is, for as simple as they've made the interface, it's actually kind of a complex thing. We have, you know, callers from all over the globe, both Skype and phone, and people in chat, and 20 recorded things on tap, and mostly it all works. It's very good. Yeah, Yeah, it's amazing. I can't keep up with the technology. It moves so quickly. Yeah, I, I write a column being the tech guy, and in in the course of the month, I see about twenty things, and I think I ought to sh- I should write that up, but we don't have enough. All right, so uh, well, I was going to mention about hands being up. One of our callers has put their hand down. Uh, you can use the number one on your keypad; it puts your hand up, and it also takes it back down. And uh, if your hand's down, I'll just assume that you're listening. So, um, like I said, we have one caller with their hand up and one with their hand down. So, I guess we'll. Uh, head for a caller and uh, see how that goes. All right. All right. Okay. Caller from area code 501. Uh, tell us your name and your question. Hi. My name's Lisa. How you doing? Great, Lisa. How you doing? Wonderful. Well, I wish I could say good, but uh, it's the nature of my call. <laughs> uh, I'm really concerned about my job situation. Uh, you know, when you see I might be getting a job. Mm-hmm. Are you still there? Yes. I've, I've got some distortion. I'm yeah, not hearing good. you very clearly. Um, she's concerned about her job situation and wants to know if uh, you have any words for her on when she might find a job. Okay. I guess I did hear it all then. It sounded like it kind of echoed off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, let me just tune in and... Uh, it feels like your energy, your, I, what I do is I read energy, basically, and I read your soul path, and, and basically I'm shown certain things in your soul path that are probable realities, things that will likely take place, uh, and because you have free will, you can change anything that I see, obviously, so I can never be 100% accurate in what I what I predict for that reason that you can you can certainly make change your mind about a particular job or a particular opportunity when it comes your way but I do see some opportunities coming your way going into the second half of this year um you will be as will most of humanity in a very powerful energy field as we go into the end of December of this year which I call the portal shift or it's the end of the age it's uh, a very powerful time. Uh, certainly, it's the end of the Mayan calendar, the end of what's called Kali Yuga, and many other things. And uh, and so, it's a very powerful time to, to focus on what you really want to create. And if there's a particular area that you'd like to work in, a particular life expression or purpose that you want to fulfill, uh, there are various tools and techniques for amplifying the energy around that. The one that I'll mention just tonight in this format is uh, just to have a real strong intention. This is what I intend to create. Uh, and, and it could be a particular uh, occupation, particular company that you want to work for, or, or a particular business you want to start, or something like that. And just get in touch with what I call your powerful creative self, which exists in every moment. It's always available. 
No, we're not usually taught how to access it, and that's one of the reasons I do what I do is to help people access that happy, powerful, creative, successful self that that already exists right now in what I call nonlinear time. And so to tune into that self and to come from that self, to radiate that self out into the world with a strong intention, this is what I intend to do. This is what I know I'm doing. So um, is that helpful? Uh, Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I was just more focused on the short term. Yes, well, in the short term, um, I would continue to put energy into, uh, you know, something to tide you over until uh, your more uh, favorable position opens up, which will probably be October, November. That's what I'm kind of intuiting. Uh, and so if you need to do something just, you know, very basic until then, uh, you know, sometimes we need to do what I call stepping stone jobs, you know, things that aren't maybe exactly what we'd like until we get to the point where we can, uh, you know, really move into, you know, I, I, to use an example, I worked in a, at an insurance company for seven years as a computer technician before I started doing my spiritual work full time and I was doing my spiritual work on the side while I was doing that and that was not my ideal work but it was it was you know paying the bills while I was getting my practice going and then there were certain unmistakable signs that that hey it's time it was time for me to do my work full time and the universe stepped in and one thing led to another and it was a very seamless transition into doing my work full time so, um, you know, if you take a very menial, low-paying job for a short time while you're uh, acquiring something that's more fulfilling and, and more pr- uh, prosperity generating, um, that's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean you're a failure or that you can't seem to create properly. Sometimes these are necessary steps along the path. Uh, at least that's been my experience. Okay. So I hope that helps. All right. Okay. All right. Thank, you thanks so much for calling. Kind of, okay. For asking. All right. Now I'm. I was going to get Jason in the middle, but hang with us, Jason, because our first caller that's been on hold almost thirty minutes has put their hand back up, and so that might have been accidental. It, it moves people. It changes how you are on the, like who's in first and who's on. Tomorrow's pitching to today, or however that way. Anyway, it drops you to the bottom of the list when you take your hand down. So I apologize for keeping you on hold extra long. It's a patience test, like when we chatter at the beginning of a show and our guest is on the phone with us. Um, so, caller from 773, area code 773, you're on the air. Tell us your name and what's your question. Hi, it's Joe Ellen. Thanks for taking my call. All right, thanks for calling. Yeah. Real interesting stuff you all are talking about. And, um, you know, it just seems like one of those days that um, there's, oh, you know how certain things just seem to ring true and certain things come up on, on you know, the way the energy flows each day. And somehow a lot of messages are kind of coming through on a day like today. I don't know if it's because it's, the, it's raining here where I live. But... um I don't know if there's, you know, I I keep thinking back to um, people that I know in my past. 
If I could interrupt for just one second, if you could take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, see if we can clear the energy on the phone line because we can barely hear you with the distortion that's coming through. It happens on this show often. We pump energy down phone lines that they're not used to. Uh, well, as you put this, Jean's on her third set of Internet wires from the system to her house. She's burned out three of them now. But trying to well, I did hear something about it's oh. raining, raining where you are, and you're something about the flowing of energy. Yeah. So let's yeah. Let's try one more time. I'm just uh, checking to see where my flow of energy is going. I, I just seem to be thinking of a lot of stuff um, in the past mm-hmm. today, and I'm okay. I'm trying to move forward with what I want to do next in my career, but I feel like I'm just standing still. Yes, I understand. Okay. Um, What I'm going to do is, again, look at your soul path, uh, look at your soul energy, and I get a chart or graph of how your energy moves, and that kind of tells me about your soul cycles. Now, we all have soul cycles. Uh, We have times where it's best to just go within and work on ourselves and not try to do any more than necessary in the outer world. And then we have periods where everything just seems like it like it flows and we can create and manifest quickly. And those are what I call periods of rapid soul growth. And so uh, in terms of you feeling like you're moving forward, I'm going to look for where your natural soul cycle is moving forward. And um, some of this is collective, you know, for the planet. You know, we're, we're coming out of a very dark age, a Kali Yuga age. And we're at the end of it. We're literally at the end of it. We're six months away from the actual turning point, which is just an arbitrary date in a way. But it's a collective agreement on another level that we're going to move in a new direction. And so everything that has to to come up to be healed is coming up very rapidly now. And feeling bored and impatient and things are not moving quickly enough is part of that. It's 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 like your soul want really wants to take things to the next level. And as you approach the end of the year, you're going to feel, you're going to have some breakthroughs. I can feel your energetic field feels like there's going to be some breakthroughs. Um, You're going to have some opportunities to advance and to move in in a new direction with your career. Uh, If something's going to happen in August, I don't know if that will be an actual opportunity presented to you for a promotion or, or a change, transfer, whatever. And then again in December, when we go through the portal shift, there's going to be some uh, some catalytic energies uh, of change moving for you. So, so I would do my best to take advantage of those energetic catalysts, as I call them, uh, by focusing again. Same advice I gave to the last caller on getting really clear about what you want and putting it out with strong intention, and getting in touch with what I call your happy, powerful, successful self. And there's there's various ways to do that, which I I go into more depth in my in my therapy practice. But but basically, it's the it's going from wishing and hoping to knowing and intending. It's a, it's an energy shift. Uh, wishing and hoping are of the ego, and they they don't work very well. And it takes a lot of effort to make them work. Uh, whereas knowing and intending comes from spirit. It's that inner knowing that things are moving forward, that that you are moving towards your goals. And once you have that energetic knowing and you radiate that knowing out into the world, things do start to happen because you're, the law of attraction is at work. You're putting out this this confident knowing energy that your career is moving forward, that you're 
you're getting to some of the things you really want to be doing and uh, out of some of the things that that you don't want to be doing. And, you know, this doesn't mean you don't have to take action. You might have to, uh, you know, change your resume or or um, talk to some superior people, people who are above you in the company or uh, or put in applications at other companies or consider starting your own business. Or There may be various concrete actions to take, but they will bear fruit if you're putting out the right energy. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and so, so then so why am I retroactively thinking about people in my past? Yeah, I didn't catch all of that because of the distortion, but, but definitely look for August and December as being opportunity months. <laughs> Great. All right, well, I'll, that's good advice, and, and thank you so much. Well, thank you for calling. Thanks for calling. Sorry Absolutely. that we're having a little distortion difficulty, but uh, I think we got the gist of it. Um, Thanks. So we'll uh, we'll do what we lovingly say, toss you back on the couch, I'll place you on hold, but you're welcome to stay on the line to listen uh, or uh, can listen online again. Thanks. All right. So do we have anyone else with a question? Well, we have a, we have a question from the chat room, which we might be able to hear better because I'm going to say it. Um, okay. It's funny. We, we sound better to the audience if we call in by Skype, but... Everybody else sounds worse to us because it, Skype works well going from us to blog talk, but not so well the other way around. And I don't, I just, I, I don't understand what they're doing over there that, that makes it do that. But you know, uh-huh. um, yeah. so our our buddy Jason in the chat room had asked a question earlier when you mentioned that you worked with the Arcturians. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arcturians wanted to know if you knew of anything called a crystal implant. Well, that's a, a relatively common expression in, in the kind of things that I uh, investigate. And uh, there are various types of implants. Crystal implants are certainly one form. Uh, an implant is a concentrated area of energy that is usually placed into the chakra system of a human being or some other being for a particular purpose. It can be a positive or negative purpose depending on the nature of the implant and the beings that are that are uh, using it as a as a communication medium or whatever they're using it for certainly that you've probably heard about negative ETs that that use implants to track humans that they want to work with or exploit or or control or whatever word you want to use for that i don't spend a lot of time on that subject um because uh, once we raise our vibration to a certain level, we're really not at the effect of negative beings from other levels and dimensions that may happen to be interacting with humans on Earth. And certainly I'm, I'm, I'm acknowledging that that does go on if, if, the, if you're in a state where you attract that to you. Uh, once you get into the higher realms, you do have um, what I call imprints, which are similar to implants. Um, and... Uh, crystal implants were used by various groups at various times throughout history and uh, for various reasons. So it's a very vast subject and, and would take a long time to, to exhaust all of the possible reasons why crystal implants may occur. The Arcturians um, use what's called the grid system of Earth, it's, which is the electromagnetic ley lines and vortices of Earth, and they do insert energy into the ley lines and vortices 
Uh, and the technology they use is a little more advanced than crystal technology, but it has it operates under a similar principle. Um, you put a concentrated field of energy into a ley line or vortex, and it affects the system, in this case the Earth. And they do this primarily to counteract the effects of earthquakes, volcanoes, uh, unstable situations on the Earth. In other words, they're... they're um, doomsday preventers, you might say, uh, that keep the earthquakes from getting out of hand. And it's a very uh, labor-intensive work, I guess you could call it that. Uh, They work round the clock to keep the earthquakes from being uh, too intense and too um, devastating. Uh, And in many cases, they've been able to move quakes away from large cities and decrease their magnitude. Um, And so um, they're partially the reason why I, I don't see a lot of the negative prophecies that were given 20, 30, 40 years ago about things like California falling into the sea and things like that. Uh, and so this relates to the question of crystal implants in that it's a, it's a larger um, application that's similar to the idea of crystal implants where you're putting a concentrated energy field into a system, whether it's a human meridian system or the Earth's meridian system, and so the Arcturians are involved in that type of a project. But as far as the Arcturians implanting crystal devices in human beings, I am not aware of any group of Arcturians that specifically implants humans. So he was he, he had a reading done and uh, uh, was told that he had uh, some Arcturian uh, crystal implants, and perhaps it's more along the lines of these imprints that you were talking about. He feels they're positive and was told that they were positive things. Uh, three, yes, he said um, three Syrian and two Arcturian. Well, the Arcturians that I am familiar with are all positive. There are no negative Arcturians that I'm aware of. There are negative Syrians as well as positive Syrians. Uh, so if you were to receive an implant from Syrians, you, you know, you'd have to determine whether it was beneficial or not to your soul path. Uh, if you were to receive something from the Arcturians, I would, I would be willing to say it, it's almost certainly going to be positive. Um, but it's also a question of terminology because the Arcturians right. will, will give downloads. They will download information into the higher mind, the superconscious, and then it gets filtered down into the conscious mind. And, you know, we could be using the term uh, download and implant sort of interchangeably, but um, I, I tend to think of implants as more concentrated uh, devices placed in the chakra system as opposed to just downloads of information. So. Yeah, because there was implanting and some interesting things with yeah, hopefully I, positive results in Atlantis, I know. If I may, yes. Yes. just because I, I know that some of our listeners are going to be going, implants what? Um, so coming from the, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, space, can you explain perhaps what some of these implants might be used for? Uh, well, basically the information that I've been given by my higher self and my spirit guides suggests that, uh, it again, it depends on who's doing the implanting and what type of implant it is. There's there's several types of implants. There, well, implants will say there's crystal, there's electronic, there's other forms of energetic implants, and they're nothing more than concentrated area of energies that are that are inserted into, let's say, a human being, into their chakra system or their meridian system, or in some cases their actual physical body. They might have a chip implanted, say, in their third eye that's an actual electronic device, tangible and physical, depending on, on which group is doing the implanting. 
the the Zeta reticulans, uh, also known as the Greys, were one of the groups in the 70s and 80s that were implanting humans. Now, the majority of the Zeta reticulans have left the Earth because they accomplished their purpose here, which was to uh, create a hybrid race uh, between their race and the human race by, you know, combining DNA. And uh, and because they've uh, largely accomplished their purpose, uh, as many as 90% of them have left the Earth plane. So you don't get as many of the grays showing up as you used to, and you'll probably see that in the in the UFO and ET reports that, that there's not as much uh, interaction with them. But they would implant uh, with electronic devices many of their subjects on Earth, and you might think, well, that's a horrible negative thing. In some cases it was, but uh, you have to look at it from a higher perspective. Most of the abductees and implantees that the Zetas worked with were members of their own species that had incarnated into human form specifically to help carry out the objective of their own race. Now, are they aware of that when they get abducted or implanted? In many cases, no. You know, when when souls come into human embodiment, they uh, tend to forget uh, a great deal of what happened before they came into human embodiment. And they might have a little recall of a past life or two, but uh, generally speaking, they won't remember their soul agreements. And if they had a soul agreement to be implanted and, and abducted and and uh, impregnated in some cases and various other things, they may not remember that. And so the human self might be terrorized by the experience or think, oh my gosh, this is a horrible thing that's happened to me. And uh, there may be a lot of fear associated with it. And from one level, that's not a good thing. From another level, it's just a soul experience. So it really depends on what level you're coming from. And I don't say that to not have compassion for abductees or implantees, uh, because um, I, I certainly would would be compassionate towards anybody who has a, a traumatic experience of any kind. Uh, but I'm just looking at it from a higher perspective that... Uh, you know, we can't just make a blanket statement that all implants are good or all implants are bad. Um, there have been implants that are designed to uh, awaken souls at a various stages in their spiritual path. These would be considered positive implants. Uh, Pleiadians would be a group that may have used positive implants, Syrians perhaps, where they they implant a etheric or crystalline device somewhere into maybe the third eye or someplace which is designed to trigger visions and memories at some later point in that soul's evolution um, and, and in some cases it'll be pre-planned well when you get to be 25 years old you'll have a memory of your mission and why you came to earth because this implant will activate and start feeding you these memories i mean that that is perhaps the case in some people and in other cases, the implant may not work as planned, uh, or it may never activate, or it may become unnecessary because the soul wakes up fast enough anyway that they don't need the implant to help them. Uh, once you get to a certain point in your soul evolution, uh, implants are irrelevant because they neither hurt nor help you. They merely don't do anything because you're already at an awakened enough state that uh, that doesn't matter whether you have the implant or not. They're not going to... Uh, pull you back into negativity once you reach a certain point if they're a negative implant if they're a positive one you simply don't need them anymore it, it brings by, back the idea of the conundrum of the instant enlightenment pill 
you know, that uh, there's never going to be an instant enlightenment pill because by the time you develop something like that, you won't need it anyway. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so it's it's kind of like you can have catalysts that can take you to a certain place, but they can't take you past a certain point. Um, and that's kind of the paradox of the spiritual path. Uh, most spiritual teachers have stated that there's uh, there's no method of attainment, of enlightenment. That that it's when all illusions fall away of their own accord, then you you're simply in a state of enlightenment. Then what's left is enlightenment. Yeah. And it, of course, it, go ahead. I think we're almost out of the time for the break again. Or oh well, we will here in, in a moment. I was just going to say for uh, for Gene and some others. Um, one way I've always thought about implants that uh, drives people a little nuts because they're when they're asking about something physical is. Um, you could have had a very, very traumatic experience, let's say. And so with huge emotion behind it, you make some wish or demand upon life and the universe and everything, like as a child might do in abuse or even in a heavy injury. Um, that little bundle of energy is could could be thought of as an implant. It's very similar. It's a very simple. Well, I call that an imprint. Well, that's, it's very that's a little different. Like I say, a little, a, a very simplistic, but it's a, mm -hmm. it's a concentrated. Yeah, a, traumatic experiences imprint themselves in the etheric body, and that's what I do. Work called timeline healing, actually, that to, that removes that for people. It's a it's a form of therapy that uh, where you go back and actually remove the etheric imprint from traumatic experiences. But very similar concentrated energetic things. Yes, and and what I do and also include in my healing, I, I have the uh, what I call astral implants, etheric imprints, uh, causal body negative energy patterns, as well as core negative mental beliefs and emotional scars or wounds. I have those are the five levels that I work on uh, when it comes to removing trauma. Very cool. Very cool. And that's a whole other hour in itself if I were to describe that. <laughs> oh, easily, easily. Yet another guest that we're going to have back for a second time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's amazing, too, once we get on the air, just how fast, just how small 90 minutes can get. Yeah, uh, yeah. Most people come on and go, what, 90 minutes what? is a really long time. It's like, no, it's really not. <laughs> I am sensing that there are people who are going to want more information, and in case there's people who don't want, who can't be here for the full 90 minutes, we probably should give them some information on how they can follow up. Uh, there's going to be tons. Of, we've been putting your, your thing into the chat room. Um, okay, wonderful. Yeah, because I'm sensing that, there's uh, a few people who want more information. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Which which is out for our podcast listeners and phone listeners who may not be near a screen is www.earthchangesand2012. So that's earthchangesand2012.com. And uh, that's A-N-D spelled out. Hmm? A-N-D uh, spelled out rather than an ampersand. Three yeah. words run together. Earth yeah. changes and and then 2012.com and a, a wealth of information there and Oh, now see, I pulled it up. I was going to pop it in the chat room again. Yeah, and actually, the main my main website is is basically my name, and it's uh, S is in Sam A L R A C H E L E dot com. And there's only one L in my last name. <clears throat> it's actually pronounced Rakelly, but it looks like Rochelle with one L. So it's Sal dot com is the main Sal website. Sal dot com. 
Yeah, The Earth Changes in 2012 is specifically about my second book. And so um, you can get from one website to the other easily. (laughs) Wonderful. And I'd like to talk about The Earth Changes when we get back from this short break. And before the break, we should probably give a shout-out to our other sponsors. To our other sponsors. To our other sponsors. The crew at Inner Child, who some have just shown up, uh, but without tea, so they're gone getting tea again now. Uh oh, see, she's here, and I'm getting in trouble. Uh, that's our that's our dear friend Janet. I'm thrilled you're here. Uh, you can find those guys at www.iaminnerchild. Just run together, iaminnerchild.com. And it really is all about embracing your inner child. It's about finding that creative energy within whatever it may be, and just living in that energy and experiencing that energy and rejoicing in that energy and. The people at Inner Child are very good at encouraging you to find ways to do that um, that are comfortable for you. So, yeah, they're always Sounds fun. wonderful. To oh, they're a great group of people. They love everybody. And, of course, we have our, our dear friend, um, Inez Martens, who, uh-huh. yes, who is a wonderful Akashic record reader and clearer, as well as a very skilled animal communicator. Absolutely, and um, uh, she'll be back with us in two weeks, week and a half, uh, Tuesday the 12th. She'll be back with us answering your questions and talking to your little companion critters. Um, although we covered giraffes on one show. She said she, not so much the giraffes, but but other ones. doesn't have to be a dog or a cat. I don't think I'd want to talk about giraffes because I'd have to stick my neck out. Oh. 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 <laughs> Perfect. I love this guy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's play a song. Uh, and so then let's we're have music. We'll come changes. back. We'll talk about Earth Changes and go over all these websites and places to get a hold again. All righty. Thanks. What we shall have we have here? Earth An Earth song? Oh, you're going you're gonna to get it out of me one way or another, aren't you? You bet your baby. Okay. So this is our dear friend, Ina V. Uh, and I'll put the link up in the chat room. It's www.enavie.com. Uh, and we're going to play her song, Earth Prayer. If you go to the website, you can hear about Earth Prayer Project. You you buy this song for like 99 cents from iTunes, and that money goes to some really great ecological projects. So uh, here's Earth Prayer. We'll be back in about five minutes. Stay with us, folks.
and take a deep breath and try to, you know, do wasn't working with the callers. And the, the switchboard's not working right. There was a, during that song, and a caller appeared. 
and now they've disappeared. They, and they could have called in and hung up that quick, but it nothing seems to be changing on my switchboard except when I punch a button. So if I have missed a caller or anything has not worked right on the calling in, we apologize. We uh, uh, Blog talk normally works well for us, but occasionally we have a little... Janet in the chat room wouldn't know anything about it blog talk. wonky. Getting wonky. It can be wonky. Over at Inner Child, they have radio three times, well, more than three times a week when you count all the shows. They have stuff all the time. Yes, they do, indeed. So, Earth Changes. Earth Changes. Yes. Well, it's a vast topic, and uh, in about the Humongous. next 20 minutes, I'll try and distill as much as I can. <laughs> well, and it would be different, I would think, and you, you touched on this briefly earlier, that it's a little different, the Earth Changes bit now, than it was maybe 10, even five years ago, predicted. Well, you know, surprisingly, yes, there are some differences, but it's surprisingly or not so surprisingly, some parts of it are very consistent. Uh, I started receiving prophecy about 35 years ago, and the vast majority of what I've received has not changed that much. And I'm going to go over the, the, the real basic fundamental aspects of my prophecy and uh, at the risk of, you know, blowing my horn from my books, uh, the best way to get the full picture is to buy the books, Earth Changes in 2012. Please, and, blow your horn. And Earth Awakens Prophecy 2012 to 2030. Uh, the reason why is obviously because we can't, we don't have enough time to go over. It's a very complex topic, and in those books, I cover Earth changes from many different perspectives: climate, geography, geology, uh, bio biology, metaphysics, psychology. Uh, most of all, uh, the physics, the science of it. So. Uh, what I'm going to go over to tonight is more or less the spiritual aspects of it because I feel that that's more in alignment with what most of the listeners are interested in, although it's important to have the other perspectives as well um, because there is a scientific component, which I'm going to give the very short version of tonight, and we actually have what I call a number of portals or stargates that are opening on the Earth over the next 10, 20, 30 years. And the, the significant one that we're facing right now is the precessional alignment of December 21st, 2012. And uh, from a scientific point of view, it's about a lot of energy coming into the Earth from near the center of the galaxy, which happens every 25,920 years, uh, which uh, corresponds to the precession of the equinox, uh, the precession of the solstice, if you want to think of it that way, um, but it's it's the um, astrological signs, it goes through all 12 of them as it as the axis moves in, an, in a certain angle around the center of the galaxy, you might say. Uh, you could say it's the way the Earth wobbles as it revolves around the sun, which in turn revolves around the center of the galaxy, so it gets kind of complicated, and, and it is explained in the books. Um, and then there's also uh, a comet flyby in 2017 and an asteroid flyby in 2030, which are similar type of events. And then there's what's called the galactic shift, which is a long period, um, about 150 years long, that started in around 1950 and will conclude around the year 2100 A.D., and that is uh, a beam of light, or you might say an area of electromagnetic uh, 
lack of polarity or an electromagnetic null zone, also called a photon belt. There's many names for it. But it's a region of space that the Earth and the entire solar system are moving through. Started in about 1950, and it'll, it'll reach its peak around the year 2025 and then gradually start to diminish. Uh, and so we're in a very powerful time of about 150 years long of enhanced electromagnetic fields on the Earth, or what I call scalar electromagnetic fields. They're non-polarized electromagnetic energy. And within that larger cycle are these three smaller cycles, the December 21st precessional alignment, the comet flyby in 2017, and the asteroid flyby in 2030. All of these events are electromagnetic in nature. There's a lot of really inaccurate prophecy out there suggesting there's going to be three days of darkness, the Earth's going to stop rotating on its axis, all that kind of stuff. Well, that, that is not true. That's a violation of the basic laws of physics. This is an electromagnetic phenomenon. It will affect us because we're electromagnetic beings. It will likely affect our technology because it's electromagnetic. And it will create a mutation in the DNA of our cells that will cause our paths to accelerate tremendously. And you can already see and feel this taking place. And it's going to reach its peak during these uh, points along the trajectory of the, uh, the cycles. And uh, there's a lot of implications of this. Number one is... Uh, from a spiritual point of view, Earth is evolving from a third density being into a fourth density being. It's a graduation time for the Earth. The Earth is raising her base frequency to a new level. And the beings who remain with her will also be raising their frequency in order to stay aligned with her frequencies, the, the Mother Earth's frequencies. So this is a more of a spiritual explanation, not a scientific and there are three parallel Earths. Now, this is from a nonlinear perspective. From a linear perspective, you're going to choose whichever reality is right for you, and that's what you'll experience. Uh, what we call three probable timelines, or dominant timelines in this case. Uh, but from a nonlinear perspective, it's as though there are three Earths existing simultaneously. What I call a third density, fourth density, and fifth density Earths. The third density Earth is the path of so-called business as usual. It's the path of, you know, the same old, same old, uh, destroying the environment, oppressing the people, um, you know, living in materialism, uh, shallow, superficial lives. You know, the, and that's not sustainable, as we all know. And even mainstream science has has concluded that, that that's not a sustainable path, the path we've been on uh, physically, uh, third-dimensionally, with business, finance, economics, politics, uh, all of that, that, that that's not a sustainable path because we're using up our resources, polluting our planet, and so on and so forth. The fourth density path is the path of the enlightened human, and it's the path of metaphysics, spirituality. It's the path of enlightened communities, uh, ecology, uh, alternative energy, holistic health, uh, basically uh, the conscious human, the things that the conscious human does. And that's the part of the new earth that's going to be emerging in the next 10, 20, 30 years uh, in what we call the new golden age on earth, the age of enlightened humanity. 
which certainly can last more than a thousand years, even though that's what it was prophesied to last in, in one of the prophecies. The third path is the path of ascension, what I call the fifth density earth. And this is the next step in humanity's evolution. It's, it's actually going beyond the human being to the next level, which I call the crystal light body in, in some of my writings. And it's an actual process, a biological process, where the cells are mutated into the immortal light configuration. In other words, the immortality gene is activated, the body stops growing old, it stops getting sick, it becomes impervious to the environment. Eventually, we evolve to the point where we no longer need food or even water or even air to breathe That's at, at uh, some point in the process. And we will be still humanoid, but we'll be radiating light, literally radiating light. And eventually, a couple levels above that will be the angelic realm. So we'll be sort of like angels at some point in our evolution. Now, keep in mind there are two uh, realities on this planet, linear and nonlinear reality. And linear reality is evolving from lower densities into higher densities, uh, the path we've been talking about. Nonlinear reality suggests we are already whole, perfect, and complete, already enlightened. We have nowhere to go, nothing to do but to just be who we are, and the only process involved in the nonlinear realm is the removing of the layers of illusion that we have placed over our whole complete 12-dimensional being that we already are. Both of these perspectives are valid. In linear time, we're evolving from lower densities into higher densities. And in nonlinear time, we already have arrived. We're already enlightened. We're already perfect, whole, and complete. There's nothing to do or change. And so the trick is embodying both of those realities simultaneously while we're here on Earth, which is not easy to do, but they're both real and valid levels of reality. So Earth, uh, after December 21st, 2012, will still be here. The sun will still rise in the east and set in the west. And those who are not very, very aware of themselves as energy beings might not even notice much happening on December 21st. But if you're in a third-density body, business as usual, the one with the most toys wins, what's on the TV tonight kind of mentality, uh, life will tend to get harder and harder for you if that's your, if that's your choice. Uh, it doesn't make you wrong or bad or not as spiritual as somebody who's on a fourth or fifth-density path, but there are consequences to business as usual. It will get harder and harder. And eventually, most of the third-density humans will exit the Earth in one form or another, whether it's through natural, or what they call natural attrition or old age, whether it's through illness, whether it's through a natural disaster or a cancer or something else. You know, most of the third-density souls who refuse to grow and evolve with Mother Earth will become so out of balance with the Earth that they will... Uh, find some way of exiting their bodies and they will leave the earth and reincarnate on other third density planets that are already set up to receive them uh, because their vibration will no longer be compatible with earth's so earth will be a fourth density planet and they will be third density humans so they will go to other third density planets that and that is a beautiful thing it would it's it's they are going where they need to be for what they need to learn for example there are souls in this planet that want to learn about war poverty misery suffering control oppression and things like that 
and they will be uh, given an opportunity to continue learning about war, poverty, misery, suffering, control, and oppression uh, on a planet that's set up to receive those souls that where they can you know wage as many wars as they want to control as many people as they want to do all of that until they get bored or tired of learning that lesson and then perhaps they'll be able to evolve into fourth density enlightened humanity and at that point they might be eligible to come back to earth <laughs> so i know it sounds a little bit like some kind of penal system but it's really not it's it's the law of attraction in operation along with several other laws including the law of evolution because planets evolve also and earth just happens to be at that point now where she's evolving into a higher form and so the beings on her will need to evolve with her or they won't be compatible with the energy. And so one of the ways that, that uh, incompatibility will manifest is in immune system failure, in various exotic illnesses showing up in people, cancers. Uh, and uh, those who are at a third density level of vibration uh, will in many cases be at the effect of the pollution uh, radiation, genetically modified food, um, toxic metals, um, exotic viruses and bacteria, molds and fungi. Um, there's many, many ways that the third density souls uh, who are at the effect of those things will um, they, they will cause problems for the third density souls. Uh, if you are at a higher level of vibration, you will not be affected by most of those things. Uh, because you're no longer putting out a discordant vibration, you won't be getting a discordant vibration back. Uh, you're putting out love and compassion and service and, and harmony, then that's what you'll experience. So again, it's not as simple as saying your thoughts create your reality. I've modified that. I say the quality of your consciousness determines your experience of reality. So if you have a fifth density quality of consciousness, you're going to experience a fifth density reality, which is the ascended realm. And as you ascend, you'll feel more and more energy moving through your body. Your, your psychic and intuitive abilities will get sharper and, and easier to use. Uh, eventually you'll have the ability to uh, do the things that the yogis are able to do and things like that. So um, you'll you'll also have access to the fairy realms, the nature spirits, uh, and it'll be easier to communicate with angelic and, and ascended presences from other, other dimensions because you're getting closer to their level of vibration. Um, and you're expanding your awareness to include more different realms. And so it's very exciting. The, going through ascension is a very exciting process, and uh, uh, a lot of us are going to get to experience that in this lifetime. And for a lot of us, and this probably answers a few questions, this is indeed our last lifetime on the wheel of reincarnation. Uh, once you go into the path of ascension, you get off the wheel of reincarnation and move into what I call the spiral of evolution, where you go directly from one level to the next. You take your physical body with you into the next level. So, how am I doing for condensing this? <laughs> that was a wicked, was a... wicked wrap-up, and me and you have to talk sometime in private. Because <laughs> you just brought up something that's been bugging me for months that I haven't talked about, but we'll talk about that later. Um Wow. That was, no, that was. That was a beautiful summation for that short of a period of time. I want to read your book. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I appreciate the, the, the feedback. And uh, it's always challenging to, to try and get as much information in as I can in these formats 
because we are in a time period where a very, very critical time, and um, the people that I'm wanting to reach are the ones that, that we used to call fence-sitters, the ones that are sort of stuck between third and fourth. They've got one foot in the old world and one foot in the new, and they can't quite seem to get off the fence. And those are the people that I really intend to reach. Um, the ones who have already made up their mind to go through into the ascended realms, uh, you know, that's preaching to the choir. And the ones that are that are steadfast in third density, um, you know, they're, I don't want to say they're beyond saving, but, you know, to some extent there's some truth to that idea. And so, um, and it's going to get harder and harder to sit on the fence. We have to make a decision, all of us as human beings. Are we going to move forward? Are we going to get with the new program? Or are we going to fight and resist it until it takes us out of our bodies? Well, I think everybody listening has already made their choice, but there are a lot of souls, some family members of those who are listening perhaps, that are um, to- still toying with, well, you know, I've got my safe, comfortable job at the bank, and I uh, I know that I'm, I'd love to do some spiritual healing work, but I don't have time to work on myself, so I'm just going to concentrate on, on making executive vice president at the bank or whatever the, the, the thing is. And so, you know, they're going to have to make that choice one at one time or another. Uh, I, I guess I'll just be really blunt and say that the banking system represents the old third dimension density paradigm and is not going to be a part of the new earth. And so we're already seeing the demise of the old world order. And also we're going to see the demise of the uh, false new world order, which is the, the one where everybody's controlled under one world government and that kind of stuff. That's that's not going to make it either because, uh, you know, it, it's third density, and third density is not going to make it in fourth density. <laughs> it's just kind of a little like oil and water. But uh, I'm glad you covered that, you know, concern about loved ones and what are they doing. Uh, yeah, because really the way question. to. Yeah, we did have sort of a question in the in the uh, chat room, and but the way to truly love them would is to allow them to have their choice, is it not? Yeah, that is absolutely correct. It is not up to us to judge who who stays and who goes. Of course, this is the uh, separating the wheat from the chaff that you read about in religious writings. This is what they're referring to. Uh, is this this process that we're going through and but we're not here to judge it and say well I'm I'm more holy I'm more spiritual I'm better than 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 the executive vice president at the bank because he's uh, caught in materiality you know that's not for us to judge that might be exactly where his soul needs to be and oh. you know our soul may be may need to point out the problems that are that are occurring on the in the third density world as a result of the banking system for example that might be what we're ca- guided to do you know i i support the occupy movement I, the Absolutely. ones who sincerely want to bring about change uh whether it's the best way to do it or not depends on the individual soul there's um, also um Salvershall, um a, a little bit of a sense of loss there um, with regards to to leaving family members behind. And I think that is part of the concern that people have. Like, how do I get them to see this so that I don't have to leave them behind, so that I don't have to be exactly. apart from them? Um, and that's something that I address in my work, and it's a serious concern. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, the solution is to just love them unconditionally for who they are, to 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 radiate love to <clears throat> to those beings that that don't appear to be making the same choices that we're making and to refrain from judging them 
attitude to be a demonstration of another way of living so that they can come home from their hard day at the office and say, wow, you look so cheerful. What are you doing? You know, And then maybe you have an opening to share about a holistic healing technique you've been using or whatever it is. And never, never assume that they're not going to that they're not going to snap to something that you're doing, or that you're not going to um, get their attention at some point. It, it's never good to pressure anybody, but if you're walking in that space of I am joy, I am light, I am love, I am loving my life, I, you know, people will naturally gravitate towards you, and they'll want to know what you're doing, um, and and. It's exactly. you know and it's really, all personal. It's all personal. It's their timing in their time when they're ready, and it's exactly. their journey. So that's all you can offer, really. Is this is who I am, and and you either take it or leave it. And you know what? Most of the times they're going to take it. Yeah, and that's well, the largest uh, we, largest so bit would, of a light worker's job, really, in my opinion, is to stand in that energetic alternative. And since I started doing this work, I, um, I've been told that over 100 million souls have gotten off the fence and are moving forward. And, that, and, and when you think of that out of 7 billion, it may not seem that many, but it's a lot of souls. And, uh, and there's going to be probably 100 million more that are going to uh, move towards evolution rather than stay stuck in, in the old paradigm. Um, Absolutely. It's kind of like, you know, the, the more that they see it as an acceptable reality, the more likely they are going to want to play in that energy. Right now, it's a fear-based perception because it's something that they don't understand. But the more and more people that they see living in that peaceful space and living that kind of life, then they're going to be intrigued by it and they're going to want to go go explore that. And so in just some you know what it's going to take a crisis to get them to do that. I mean, people right now, a lot of people are waking up because they can see that the world the way it's been is is headed to off a precipice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and so they know, say there has to be another way and that's when they open up to another way. Absolutely. And it's just a matter of having faith. Really in the end, yeah. having faith in in the journey and just and, allowing and, and being here in that joyful energy so that when those people pop their head up and go, there's got to be a better way that they can see us and go, hey, what are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> that oh, looks yeah. good over there. That's fun. But, <laughs> can I go play with yeah. them? <laughs> but you you just you can't put must-haves and outcomes and no. that'll just hold you and everybody, no, and, you know, and, down. and yet some people will use the, the, the world situation as a catalyst to move in a new direction, and that's fine, too. Um, you know, human beings seem to be famous for waiting until there's a crisis to act. <laughs> we like the excitement. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing better than overcoming a challenge. That's why we're here. That was the whole point to duality. <laughs> well, and this is our time. This is when we're needed. So um, that's, a, I think, a good place, to a good note to end on. <laughs> It is, and and there is much more help available. There's lots of great information on Sal's websites. Um, and, and obviously, fantastic read. So I recommend. Absolutely. I haven't read it yet, but um, I recommend picking up that book. <laughs> yeah, for we those will. who don't have the computer in front of them, it's www.salrachele.com or www.earthchangesand2012.com. Beautiful. And we'll have all that in our uh, archive that will be up uh, later tonight or certainly by first thing in the morning. And uh, 
we're glad that uh, all of you could come hang out with us tonight. Oh, Joe left just right before the end of the show. Oh, bummer. Well, we were glad to have you with us, Joe. And uh, Janet and Jason and uh, our callers. Uh, and Everybody else listening in, thank you. All of our iPod listeners, podcast listeners. What do you call that? I don't know. I lose terms. Our friends they and fam. How about brain. we just call them our friends and fam? Because they are. Our they're... friends and family are, and our 7 billion friends and family, some of which don't realize they're friends and family. Absolutely. Yes, but Absolutely. that's probably a good thing. All the phone companies would go broke on the friends and family plan if we did that. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> anyway, we've got great shows lined up. Uh, we already talked about uh, Inez coming back. Next week we have Eileen Amparo and Silas Bernardoni. Um Carl Sheldon later in the month. Franco De Nicola will be back uh, towards the end of the month. So you guys keep coming back. And, uh, we'll keep coming here. Yeah, we'll be here. We don't got a place else to go. I, I mean, we'll be here. Uh, actually, I have lots of places to go, and this is one of them. We love it. I do, anyway. Well, it's uh, been a pleasure. And so I want to thank you and, and thank everybody for participating. Well, and thanks for giving us your time. And, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I look forward to reading the book that's going to be uh, quite a read and uh, uh, again we'll have links to all that up in the archive tonight so y'all have a great weekend join us again on Tuesday night but until then stay connected and good night (laughs) join Rick and Jean again next time until then visit their website at everydayconnection.me And be sure to like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Everyday Connection. Worried you might miss an episode? Don't worry. Subscribe. Find us on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.